This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values with your hosts, the Cotellis. I am Marco. And I'm Tony. Howdy ho! <laughs> Hi, Mr. Hanky. <laughs> I figured since it was the holiday season, I could bring Mr. Hanky out. You wanted to be a Christmas poo? I mean, sometimes I can be. <laughs> he loves me and I love you. <laughs> How are you? I'm peachy. How are you? I am candy cane. <laughs> You're crooked and sugary? Usually. <laughs> Where have I been? <laughs> You've been here and enjoying, trust me. <laughs> um, how are you? How's things? How's life? I am well. I'm excited to see the rest of this year play out. I am proud that we have finished our first season of the podcast. I know. Can you believe it? That's incredible. A whole year. A whole last year. I mean, it's a little less than a year because realistically... February. February was when we started, but we did launch the teaser, the trailer and everything in January. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it's been a whole year of relationship. It sure has. It's kind of exciting. So this episode is actually going to be um, the best of relationship. Um, Tony and I are actually going to take a break through the holiday season. Um, we've got, you know, family and friends and all that stuff. No, I'm actually very excited <laughs> about all that. Um, I don't I, believe you. I just wanted to sound funny. Um, no, we've got the holidays and you all have the holidays as well. So we did not want to have to worry about uh, you guys trying to listen to podcast episodes and trying to come up with great content, even though we know that the best part of the holidays is alcohol and relationship, right? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to take a break for the month of December and then we'll probably come back mid-January. You guys can definitely check out our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. That's at Pod Relationship. Um, and we'll let you know when our next when our season two episode premieres. And get ready, y'all, because it's gonna be even bigger and even better. Even shittier. Huh? <laughs> I hope it's not gonna be shittier. I mean relationshittier. I don't know what those <laughs> situationier. Yeah, we'll see. It's definitely not a word. What do you think about the podcast and all the work that we've done over this year? You know, this has been a really interesting endeavor. As as we've said um, multiple times, you and I have never done like a creative um, project together. Um, and so this has been really interesting and very illuminating and at times challenging and the majority of the time really fun and interesting. And it's been really great to look back and see how it's grown and how the structure has changed and how like more and more people have come into our lives as a, as a result of it. Like it's just been an incredible experience and I am excited to see how even just a little time off will sort of refill the, the fuel cells that will create even more. Like, I'm very excited um, for all of it. It's been fantastic. I know. My brain is already racing trying to think of, like, ways to make season two different and fun and interviews that we need to, you know, lock down and people that we need to connect with and ways to engage in our audience and things like that. Like, it, it makes me very excited and, like, super amped to think about so I, I can't wait for that to happen. I've been I've had so much fun with this and I've learned a lot. Um, I've struggled a lot during a lot of this. Um, not going to lie. It's been quite the challenge, um, especially because Tony and I have full time jobs and, you know, trying to 
interview and schedule people to interview and um, editing the podcast because, you know, it it all gets done in house. (laughs) And it takes time. And it takes time and. And neither one of us really knew what we were doing. So like you've become very self-taught when it comes to the editing software and the techniques. And yeah, Yeah. it's, it's been difficult. We've, we've actually, I mean, we may or may not have shared this, but we've lost episodes. We've lost episodes. Um, We've lost microphones and equipment mm -hmm. and things like that over all of this. Um, It has been quite a challenge. A growing experience. For sure. But at the same time, we have made incredible friends, um, incredible connections we've heard from incredible people um that have really gotten a lot out of the podcast we've definitely connected with the community in a really cool way Mm -hmm. um so there's just been a lot that's been going on and i'm just really excited for season two um and what that will bring for for us in, in the learning moments it's definitely been a labor of love and i would say you and i have learned a lot about each other through this process sure for sure i think it's a lot so Without a further ado... Are we going to hippity-hop into something? Well, what we're going to do, you guys, is we are going to do the best of relationship, y'all. Um, so the first segment is, you know, we got to comb through the relationship archives and... Uh, Deep as they are. <laughs> pull out our favorite uh, hashtag relationship goal. So we actually um, took a look at our Instagram page. Um, that's at pod relationship on Instagram. And um, way to plug it again. I know I got to do that. Right. Um, And we looked at all of the posts that got the most, um, I don't know, viewer participation. Um, And because of that, we were able to, um, I don't know, rally our three most interactive hashtag gay relationship goals. So let's uh, cut to a couple of fun hashtag gay relationships goals for you guys let's cut to a triple of them so as a reminder every week tony and i are picking a wonderful queer couple and we will highlight them as our hashtag gay relationship goals our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the gay relationship narrative if you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals, or if there is a queer relationship that you admire and would like to bring to our attention, please reach out to us, tag us on some of these adorable couples photos on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Our handle is at pod Tony and I will take a look at these photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and your partner on an episode of the podcast. Um, So this week's focus is a pretty cool couple that I actually just recently started following on Instagram. Um, They actually started following the pod relationship uh, Instagram page. And then I started, of course, doing my deep dive into who they were. And oh. they're just a really, really cool couple. I'm sorry. So now we're at twenties of listeners. Sure. <laughs> um, so the couple that we are highlighting this week is a great couple's Instagram page. And it is Buttons and Snaps. I think um, it's so funny the way you say button. I know you do. Um, it's, so <laughs> say it again for our listeners. I'm moving on. No, um, say it. So they are incredible. <laughs> um, it's this great couple, Andrew and Corey. Um, it's so great because they are Americans that apparently live in Hong Kong, which I think is just absolutely incredible. I'm going to um, go on record right now and say 
I really want to expatriate. But go on. I know, right? <laughs> um, but they're really cool, and I just love the page. Um, first of all, they I mean, all of their, their joint account, of course, is like all of their adorable pictures and their adventures all about everywhere in Hong Kong that you could possibly think of and various other places. But they're, you know, they're fun journeys and their travel and their love, and they're really, really cute together. One of them, Andrew, is a ginger. Um, so it's kind of fun seeing uh, all of that fun stuff. And they're, like I said, they're just adorable and I love it. And I just, you know, lo- it looks like they really enjoy one another hmm. um, and that they really have a good time. And I love that they are like having these adventures together with one another. Um, and it's just kind of fun seeing that kind of positive image out there by way of gay relationships, right? Um, so this week's uh, hashtag relationship, gay, hashtag gay relationship goals. I'm sorry, y'all. I don't know why I messed that up. <laughs> Um, we are highlighting um, some Broadway divas. I'm super excited. They're really exciting. Um, I still so, have that song stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> um, so this week we are highlighting the gorgeous relationship of Chris Rice and Clay Thompson. Uh, two Broadway stars that are magical in their own right, but together they are like the sun and the moon combined, right? (laughs) They're so exciting. Um, As we said, or as I said, um, both Clay and uh, Chris are Broadway actors. Um, You know, Clay has been in Matilda, which is super exciting because we saw Matilda on Broadway and it was Mm -hmm. like probably one of the most magical plays I've ever seen in my entire life. It was definitely top two. Oh my God. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, brings tears like bring tears to your eyes Mm -hmm. kind of like amazing it was like incredible can't imagine how much fun it would be to be in it i know oh my god i just i like can't even think about it um and then he was in newsies and also wicked um and then chris is a broadway performer of course and then he's um i don't know a lover of traveling disney fitness and baking desserts (laughs) um sounds a lot like you (laughs) I don't like Disney. (laughs) It's not that I don't like Disney. I'm just not a Disney fanatic. As a matter of fact, the park kind of gives me like hives. (laughs) But the movies are fantastic and they're adorable, but I just can't, I can't get into that whole Mickey Mouse shit. Oh, anyways, you are more of a Pixar guy. (laughs) Yes. Um, no, I, so we are highlighting this couple because they are, Unfianced, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I like stumbled across their profile because um, Clay actually started following the Pod Relationship Ooh, thanks, uh, Clay. Instagram page. Um, and so when I started doing my deep dive into who they are, because I always do that, everybody that follows, I always look into and like figure out like who you are and who are you dating and what's going on and are you dating anyone and all that fun stuff. Um, and then I noticed how adorable he and his fiance were. And I started doing even more digging and I was like, wait, they're both Broadway stars. And then we watched their engagement video. Flash on mob proposal. It's so fun. And so we're singing the song Ridiculous in our heads because that is what Chris sang with all of his other performers to propose to Clay. It was fantastic. It was so good. It was so well it was done. Very lovely. The editing was great. The song was great. The choreography was great. Um the proposal itself was great. The aftermath, like everything about it was all of just it is lovely. Fantastic. 
So some of you uh, already know this, but I wanted to do a flash mob to propose to my husband, and I knew he would murder me if I did. So seeing this uh, was especially fun for me because I got to see somebody do it. I um, am really excited about this week's hashtag gay relationship goals. Do tell. Well, one of the things I like the most about this podcast and kind of what our whole intent and purpose was behind doing this is to try to create like community by way of relationships, right? Like queer relationships, like a group of people who value and or love and or cherish relationships and, and what that union means and like be able to have everyone like relate to one another and give stories and, and kind of commune over like the ways that relationships work within the queer community, right? Right. Um, so what was fantastic is this week's hashtag gay relationship goals is actually a couple, well, one of the couple, one of the people in the couple, um, and I had been DMing each other via Instagram for a little while, and, um, I don't know, and then we started talking, and I was like, okay, so we're totally gonna end up making you guys the hashtag gay relationship goals, because you're friggin' adorable, (laughs) and um, just super duper sweet, and so I just was really excited about it. So, without further ado-do, I am going to talk a little bit about Jason Plaga um, and his husband, uh, Ben, and Ben's last name that I refuse to butcher because it's just not kind. (laughs) Um, but you can follow the two of them on Instagram. Jason's Instagram handle is Jason Plaga. That is J-A-I-Z-O-N-P-L-A-G-A. And his husband is uh, Ben, which is uh, at BR44163. And that's on Instagram. Um, I just, I'm really into this couple. Why? Uh, well, Jason is really cool. I mean, so they are Chicagoans. Is that what you would call people who live in Chicago? <laughs> Chicagans. Chicagans? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But he's a singer. And Chicagoites? Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, but he's a singer and a pianist um, and a CrossFitter, which, sidebar, I I am so into people who are into that, like, whole Barry's Boot Camp or CrossFit and stuff like that, like... Those are some dedicated mofos. <laughs> I can't even commit to my cell phone service. <laughs> <laughs> and these people are literally in the gym like four or five, six days a week like and doing a really good job. And I just love it. But mm. yeah, they're CrossFitters. Um, Jason is also a pageant enthusiast, which no. I will respect him for that too. <laughs> um, and then his husband, Ben, doesn't have a ton of information about what he likes and or dislikes in life, but I know he likes his husband. (laughs) They're just adorable. I love all of the pictures of them together. Like again, just another adorable couple. Oh, and I also know that he's a Madonna fan. Ben Mm -hmm. is a Madonna fan. A huge Madonna fan. He has Madonna tattooed on his arm. It's in their bedroom. In their Vogue, in her Vogue days, Mm -hmm. which is like incredible. dressed up as her for Halloween. Yeah. They're like, he's like a Madonna fan. And, um, which I mean, who isn't, right? (laughs) Dead people. Yeah, various stages of Madonna, I feel, are somebody will speak to one way or another. Um, but I just like this couple. Again, I just, the adventures. And I like that they do stuff together. So they do, like, CrossFit together. You know, the couple that CrossFits together stays together. I saw that on a bumper sticker once. Correct. 
Um, but I just really, I, I just really enjoy the love that they have for one another. And it's amazing. So during my time with DMing and, and talking to Jason, he sent me a cute little story about he and Ben and their relationship and like how all of that came about and, and what that looked like. So I'm going to share this story with you guys. Ooh, a relationship first. I hope everyone likes story time. Once um, upon a time. Once upon a gay time. <laughs> um, so Ben, I'm sorry, Jason writes, uh, when we first met 12 years ago, Ben and I were two totally opposite people. Our paths wouldn't have crossed unless our mutual friends hadn't introduced us to each other. It wasn't a quick to fall in love moment for us either. Um, we got to slowly know one another through casual conversation, which then led to being each other's go-to for relationship advice as we were dating other people all the time. Before we knew it, we were single guys again, and our friendship grew stronger as we became each other's support system. Our friendship soon turned into boyfriends, which then turned into partners. Now here we are 11 years as a couple and four of those years as husbands. Um, they're beating us, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Only by a little. Only by a teeny bit. Um, we are still... Not a competition. No, not at all. <laughs> I just love it. I, I'm like, oh my God, other people can stand each other for even longer than we have. So that's amazing. There might be hope. I know. <laughs> we are still two totally different people that have grown to appreciate our differences. Throughout the years, I can honestly say we still have our individuality, which makes Ben and Jason stronger together. Oh my gosh, that was fun, wasn't it? It sure was. It was a nice little trip down memory lane. It was. Not long enough, but a good one. No, I mean, and truth be told, there were so many amazing hashtag gay relationship goals throughout the season that we, of course, would have loved to have highlighted. But, you know, again, time constraints. Yeah, I I mean, there's lots of celebrity ones, um, which I think are important to sort of touch on again, um, just because, like... You know, they're things that people can see and, and sort of react to. And, I'm talking to you, Cheyenne Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and Neil Patrick Harris and, and Ellen. And, and yeah. Cynthia Nixon. Well, <laughs> um, and, and so many others. Um, but I think what really resonates for me, what made an impact for me, was the people that we actually got to meet or talk to know, as a result cool, right? of the hashtag gay relationship goals. So, like, we interviewed some folks, and you'll hear highlights again from that. Um, but we also... Um, you know, met some people here in the city um, who were our hashtag your relationship goal. And I think the one that most stands out for me is Fast Eddie and Tony Mansker. Oh, my God. I love them. Yeah. Hi, Eddie and Tony. We hey, love boys. Y'all. You guys are great. <laughs> yeah. No, they were incredible. Such good people. I'm also a huge fan of Joe and Josh. Those are other people that I've just literally been in touch with and talked to numerous times. Um, they're like my idols obsessed with them, <laughs> love them. Um, also a huge fan of course of Abramov, Lex and Brett M. They were the two that we talked about during our live show. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Sean T and his husband, Scott and their adorable kids that I'm a huge fan of as well. Um, absolutely love them. Just so many. Can't forget the shirtless violinist. You know, like he's an amazing man and his boyfriend. And then my new BFF, I've decided we become new BFFs, but Justin, just Justin NYC Mm -hmm. and then his boyfriend Shay. I've decided that he and I are going to become best friends. He just doesn't know it yet. Oh, 
And now we he does. And we can't forget Rob and Misha. They were like our first interracial couple that we highlighted too. Mm-hmm. They were great people. And there's so many more. I mean, literally, we don't have enough time to name them all. But thank you all for being such an inspiration. Um, yeah, it's uh, without you guys, we wouldn't have even, you know, had the opportunity to put such positivity out there for everyone to to pay attention to. And what a great segment. And I'm not saying that to like pat you on the back or or anything, but like what a what a wonderful piece that has been and and will continue to be, I'm sure in the next season. Um where, you know, you and I wanted to do this because we wanted to put a voice to healthy relationships regardless of what that looks like and whether it's monogamous or monogamish or non-monogamous or whatever like we just wanted to have that and um what a great segment to show like here's all these like you think about it like there's one every week except for the couple of weeks here and there we took off but there's one every week um that is healthy and inspirational and interesting and you can actually see it and and you know just interact with it yeah it's kind of cool it's so cool it's good i love it so thank you all for again being an inspiration to us and to so many um we love each and every one of you guys and uh we can gals yeah and gals as well and we cannot wait to um bring up another crop of hashtag gay relationship goals for uh next season gotta plant them seeds for hashtag grg for For you couldn't even finish that i love it no that was, i got you good I, that was really i weird. got you real good um <laughs> gosh and so the next segment is our best of i mean because we've had some pretty amazing interviews this year too. we really have we've had tons this was i would say for me this was the most difficult to um decide on and even though there were parts that were like super fun and really interesting and very meaningful and there were people who are important part of our lives we ultimately had to go like totally algorithmic analytical and be like we just have to go by the numbers we have to go by the numbers yeah because we couldn't choose yeah who listened to them the most who commented about the interviews the most and everything and so which ones garnered the most new listeners sure and so um with that we are going to bring about the three best interviews that we had during and not when when i say best they're not necessarily using those metrics i just mentioned yeah yeah, but um the best of uh interviews that we've had this season on relationship you guys are gonna love all these and i'm sure you're gonna smile just as much as we did listening to these clips all over again have a giggle and we are back so this week um we have some returning guests you all may remember sean and shayla Oh, Shayla and Sean. <laughs> She's right. <laughs> Is that how they are on I just, I just, No. <laughs> it's always my name first because it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Bills. Because <laughs> it's alphabetical. Yes. <laughs> so, welcome back, ladies. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank us. you. It's always a pleasure being here. We enjoy y'all. So as a reminder, could you just briefly remind our listeners of who you are and what you do? Yeah, you know, like the basic bitch questions. <laughs> My name is Shayla Tyler. I remembered that this time. I think last time you guys didn't know who I was for a while. Um, <laughs> and I am a creative Seberite. I'm just making that label up because that's what people do these days, right? You can just make yourself whatever you want to be. I'm an alien, guys. I came from the future. <laughs> that just escalated. <laughs> it really did. It really did. 
Um, I'm a unicorn. I'm Sean Gooden. Uh, I I don't know what to say after that, baby. That's a great. Fu- that was, wow. Um, I'm Sean Gooden. Uh, I'm 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 Shayla's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I no, like I'm I'm my I'm my own lady. I'm independent. I'm a strong black woman, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm her partner. And uh, I'm a creative as well. I'm a painter and a comedian. I like you. Love it. This is so good. So I like your. <laughs> I like Lamp. So <laughs> your your relationship um, is unique in that you were friends first before you started dating. So, Sean, tell us a bit more about your lives before dating and sort of like how everything evolved. Um, before dating, well, we met at our job. Um, we were working at Samsung and she was very rude to me. Oh, she was very rude to me. I was popping gum. The, the store was Sounds closing. Like you were being rude to her. No, 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 no. I was popping gum. <laughs> we're the, not seeing Chicago. We're the only two women of color there, so I'm thinking she's totally gonna take my side. We're closing down. Whatevs. Sister girl. She walks by and she goes, "Really, you gonna pop your gum like that?" And oh. rolls her eyes. That, those were the first words you said to her. True story. True this story. Is a good story. Never heard so, I, in my mind, it was one of two things: either she's like rude, hi, or she's like really real and she's cool. So after that, we had a Christmas party, and I saw her dancing skills, and I was like, yep, she's going to be my friend. <laughs> we became friends. We were hanging out. Um, we hung out for quite a bit, and then we had a girls' night out, and uh, we were all dancing, and one thing led to another, and we ended up kissing in my driveway. Having a girls' night in. <laughs> but How did y'all go from popping gum to popping tongue? Years eight years later where i'm like literally we're leaving and she got all up in my face and i was like if you don't get out of my face i'm gonna kiss you and shayla being sassy and gorgeous she's just like and she did the whole neck swivel thing mm, i'm and, a big fan of that and i never kissed a girl before so i was like but did you like it do it do it and i did it just it was sheer ego why i did it and then when we kissed i was like oh shit let me oh oh no oh no abort mission abort mission (laughs) it was it felt too good and that led to a whole lot of years of internal conflicts and then boom kitty petting what What? kitty petting kitty petting oh (laughs) Oh, yes 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 i guess that she forgot yeah (laughs) that's not a good sign no 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 I didn't know that term. That. I didn't know that term. And um, I'm get my reputation back. <laughs> exactly. Yes, with the exactly. bass voice. Yes, or I've been laying down too much the other way. She forgot. She's like, oh man, I forgot she got a pussy. <laughs> is this a family program? It's not no, a family. Okay. It, is, it is not. Um, Listener discretion is advised. Seriously. Um, we check the explicit box. Don't worry. Every week. <laughs> And it sounds like shit. Let me check this one. We are beyond excited because we are speaking with the shirtless violinist himself, Matthew. I don't want to butcher your name, so I'm gonna have you say it for me for the first time for the first time. <laughs> oh yeah, no problem. I get that asked a lot. It's Matthew Olszewski. That's what I thought, but 
so I'm I'm just very sensitive to people mispronouncing names, so I always want to make sure that I, I do right by that. Oh yeah, no problem. But uh, I need to say I am thrilled to be on your show. I'm so happy that you asked me to be on Marco and Tony. Oh, thank you so much. We, we are, excited. are excited, and we also have Matthew's boyfriend Paul on here as well. Hello, Paul. Hey, and I bet you wouldn't butcher my last name. No, because <laughs> your last name is Chase, right? <laughs> no, my last name is Castle. Castle, that's right. I'm so sorry. See, see he did <laughs> butcher it. I, I did. You butchered it. I can't I believe it. Okay, that I was know. a really easy task. Two syllables. No, I knew it. Be- hey, I knew it began with the C. I was just yeah. <laughs> Again, thank you guys so much. Um, Matthew and Paul um, were kind enough to do this interview with us via phone. So you guys get to hear our voices from across the country, which is like amazing. And it was Matthew's idea, by the way, which we are so excited about. It was a great idea, Matthew. I know. If I had known Matthew had this whole idea about us doing it this way and then um, not flying out there, if I... I would have, uh, yeah, I would have insisted that we book tickets out to New York because I love New York. <laughs> when was the last so time we can cancel here? the podcast. It's fine. Oh, we <laughs> haven't been there since late, late uh, 2016. And it was my oh first time. Yeah. You guys are due for a trip. You are. Oh, yeah. We absolutely. Long overdue. Yeah. We're going to do it. We're so planning the, it. The next time you guys come back, um, you'll have to let us be your tour guides and, um, Hopefully, during that time period, you'll let us have a glass of wine with you when that's happening. It'll have to be a cheat cheat week. Yeah, no, we'd yes. love that. That would be so much for fun. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Because I don't want to be responsible for the shirtless violinist not being at peak performance. <laughs> Single handedly destroyed the career of the shirtless violinist. <laughs> Night at the bar. You can see the headline now. He's come undone. Yeah. (laughs) I Um, love it. It's awesome. So let's let's start by uh, following our traditional relationship um, format and have you introduce each other. Oh, oh my God. Okay. (laughs) That's kind of fun. Who's going first? Yeah. Yeah, you go first. I go first. Yeah. (laughs) So I can do better. I wanted you to go first so I can do better. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, the competition has already started and we're barely in. I like it. Uh, So uh, this is Paul Castle, uh, my partner. We've been together for, well, I guess, wait, I'm going to go into the whole history. I better watch myself. Uh, so yeah, you're is, supposed to introduce me, just introduce you. This so. is about me. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that, I promise. <laughs> so this is uh, Paul Castle, uh, my partner of two years. He's a uh, legally blind visual artist. He uh, does amazing paintings. Uh, grew up in Vancouver, BC, and we've been together for, yeah, as I said, just over two years. Wow. Okay. All right. That was okay. I think I can improve. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. So uh, this is Matthew. Matthew Olszewski, my dear partner, uh, who is an incredibly dedicated and talented and disciplined violinist and uh, who is incredibly fit and has a heart of gold. And grew up in the Midwest, born in Santa Fe, and moved out here, thankfully, to the Pacific Northwest. Otherwise, he would have never shown up on my grinder 
account. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. That's a question. That's a question for I later. am just teasing it. I'm teasing. I'm teasing how we met. It's a preview. It's a preview. I love it. Oh my gosh. I love it. That is awesome. Well, I, I've got to say that both of them were good. Um, and I'll let you guys decide who was better. Oh, <laughs> uh, Paul's was. No, no. Well, so you guys have only been together for two years. Uh, yeah, two two years and like four months. So we're I won't up on say two and a half years. I won't say only. Let me take that only back because <laughs> um, that is nothing to snuff at. But I feel like like I don't know the the foundation, the solidness that is your relationship and the connection and the connection. It kind of it feels as if you guys have been together for like a decade or so. Yeah, it feels like that. For us, I think sometimes too. Oh. I think everything we've gone through, just putting this entire shirtless violinist thing together, has kind of packed about a decade worth into two years. Yeah. So we've had to, we've had to deal with a lot. We've had to go through a lot as a relationship and deal with a lot that normally you wouldn't deal with in in just two years. And I also want to say, like, when people are. Uh, often dating and then moving in with each other, they have their own nine to five jobs that they're going to every day and they're apart mm-hmm. from each other a lot. And in the last two years, I mean, Matthew and I spend almost 100% of our time together. Everything we do is together. And um, so I feel like we've really packed in a decade of a relationship, at least, you know, in the terms of an average relationship, I suppose. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Tony and I, this is the first time that we've ever done like a joint project together. Um, and I will say that it has had some fun times and it has had some challenging times, <laughs> yeah. but, um, <laughs> but we do, we do like doing this together cause it's fun. Like yeah. we, we do like being around each other. So it does make it fun. All right. So we are very excited to have our guest here with us today. Um, I've been really looking forward to this for uh, as long as the idea started to come together. <laughs> um, so with us today is Chase Nelson. The singing um, scientist himself. The singing <laughs> scientist. Yes, Chase, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm just, I've been looking forward to this a lot. Yeah, us Likewise. too. Us too. So let's dive right in. Tell our listeners, why are you called the singing scientist? Well, it was actually a title that a friend of mine used for me uh, mm-hmm. many years ago, but I've always been interested in music. Um, I started studying saxophone in, in middle school, um, and then somewhere in my first years of college, I became interested in singing instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and concurrent with that interest in music, I've also always been interested in biology and evolution and genetics. And so uh, he called me singing the singing scientist. And so <laughs> when I had an idea for a podcast... Um, I didn't want to limit myself to talking about science or, or singing or any of the topics I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, wow, what a perfect name for the, the podcast. Yes. So that's how, that, that's how that came about. So, so bizarre. Which uh, saxophone did you play? Alto. So I played the alto saxophone oh. as well. And then I went to a performing arts high school as a vocal major. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, and one of, one of the saxophonists at Oberlin, who was a saxophone major, like switched majors to vocal performance. Yeah. I think it's, it's a common trajectory. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I played the alto saxophone for years, for years. And then um, I finally wanted to go into high school to, to sing because I was mm. like, I think this is what I like a little bit more. Yeah. And then I kind of simultaneously did the both. But... Um, Saxophone was my first instrument. Yep, yep, yeah, me too. 
That's awesome. I love it. So as you know, um, this week uh, we are talking about, so we're continuing our series on um, outside influences. And uh, this topic is about um, the most difficult topic <laughs> of all. Usually you're not supposed to bring it up in polite conversation. Religion. Uh, yeah. And so the we brought, reason that yeah, we, brought we brought you on here for this um, is because you have a very unique relationship with religion. Parts of it, I think, are not uncommon for a lot of gay people, mm. uh, especially um, people living in, um, let's just say, not progressive cities. Yes. Um, like where I grew up uh, and where you grew up. Um, but also because you have this wonderful blend of, like you said, science and religion or spirituality, and we'll, we'll get into to that. But um, can you tell our listeners just a little bit about like your history with mm. religion, growing up, maybe some struggles, just sort of that um, that whole bit? Sure, yeah. Um, so I was I was raised in Holland, Michigan, one of the most conservative counties in uh, in the United States, um, and so I was raised in a very fundamentalist uh, Christian context. Um, the the community itself is is sort of Dutch Reformed, and I was raised in the Church of Christ, so I was taught lots of things like you must be baptized to be saved, and uh, it's a sin to use instruments in the worship service. You know, very legalistic uh, background, mm-hmm. and so that was my my morality, my spirituality was really built upon uh, built upon a um, a legalistic rules based. Uh, sort of guilt ethic of morality. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's that's how I grew up. And then, of course, I, re- I started realizing I was having attractions to um, other members of the same sex at an early age, maybe between 11 and 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Which is a religious experience all its own. <laughs> <laughs> Sp- profoundly spiritual experience. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, of course, I had been taught, uh, you know, it was common to use the word fag or queer uh, and use gay as an insult in mm-hmm. in my uh, in my community, and so I realized that there was a struggle coming, um, and I I tried to sort of convince myself that maybe this was just a feeling of friendship that I was having, and um, but it didn't turn it did turn out that way, and uh, eventually I ended up. Um, it, it's a long, it's a long story, and I, I do have a podcast episode on you it called have to listen to it. It's so good. It I was, good. oh my gosh, we were like literally like mesmerized by it. Like I was almost late us, for work. No, we were like, <laughs> we, and we wouldn't finish it because we were like, holy, I'm like, we wouldn't stop it. I should say wow. we had to finish it because we were like, this is. It's a little mind blowing what oh a person gosh. can go through, and you know, even my experience is mild compared to some. So you you can only imagine what people who have been rejected by their families go through, or who are maybe homeless. Mm-hmm. But um, in in brief, my my experience was um, I had I had sort of an experience of sexual abuse uh, by a church leader, and um, it ended up that I I was sort of forced to come out to my entire community, and um, after that process i was uh, engaged in reparative therapy and ended up seeking out an exorcism for myself um and so it, it was a very wild extreme journey mm. but at the end of it all and you know i think th- this is by the way sort of as a parenthetical remark i think many of us have difficulty coming to terms with our own sexuality mm-hmm. um because we're indoctrinated 
and what is indoctrination, but sort of a taught habit of thought, right? right. So we are all taught, um, if, if we're raised in a context like that, a fundamentalist context, that homosexuality is wrong and you can't possibly be a good person and be gay. And so even as a gay person, it took me so long, like a decade, to even really co- combat that and start mm. start questioning that premise. And so I think looking back and thinking about that, we, we can learn to have grace with people who, who struggle to accept us because they were indoctrinated too. They, were, they are victims, just as we are, even though we can at the same time recognize that their ignorance causes us a whole world of hurt, right? right? And so there's got to be a balance, uh, understanding that people can't change overnight, mm-hmm. but um, because we didn't, right. or I didn't anyway, but... Um, but you know, there's there's always has to be this this balance of acceptance and trying to push for change. Mm-hmm. And I love that you bring that up because we've touched on that before. That you didn't almost word for word what you just said. Like you didn't come to terms with um, who you are overnight. Right. So to expect other people to do it um, really is not uh, appropriate. And not that you shouldn't fight for equality, love, acceptance. Exactly. You know, I, I avoid using the word tolerance because I, I kind of don't like that I have to be tolerated. Hate that word. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a bad smell, um, so you don't have to tolerate right. me. Um, but um, Much better to be celebrated. Right, yes. exactly. Yes, yes. That would be a nice goal. Um, <laughs> but, um, but also that, yeah, you have to understand the context that other people grew up in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, not that you shouldn't expect those things of of them not that you shouldn't develop healthy boundaries with them in the future as you become stronger in your sense of who you are but that but that sort of peppered in there or also existing in that space allowing yourself to make room for sort of a um uh, what might appear to be dichotomous but really when you look at it as complementary is is that other people have culture and history too right um and you know we went into this uh, many episodes ago but like you have to look at the propaganda that was going into the way people were thinking you know mm-hmm. homosexuals were pedophiles with a mental illness exactly <laughs> um and so you can't like if that's all people were taught mm-hmm. you have to give them a little time exactly yeah so exactly and we are back. Oh, God. Had to do one more for oh, the season. Jesus. I'm hoping season two brings a new intro. I'll, I'll think about it. Or a new lead-in, I should say. I'll consider it. Oh, good Lord. How much fun was that? It was delightful. Again, that was another super tough one for us because there were just so many good interviews that we had. I mean, remember the interviews with... Erica and Steve, of course. Yeah, I, you know, I, I have to honorable mention them because I'm, I'm sad that they didn't quote unquote make the cut, but it's because they know how much they mean to us and, um, and it's okay for that not to be a part of it. Just like Janice and Wendy, absolutely, um, and uh, my, Troy, my Troy, brother well, your brother, your yeah, sister, my yeah, sister my aunt, well. my uncle, aunt Mary, Uncle Chuck, yeah, for sure. You know, it's not about. It's not about what's meaningful to us. It's about what the community says is meaningful to them, which, again, is determined by a number of metrics. Um, and that's just how we had to make our choices, because this is this is your show. I know. It's, you know, it's not really our show. It's for you, the community. And if this is what you're responding to, that's what we want to give you, because that really is what drives us. But I have to tell you, we had so much fun it was during these time. interviews. Oh, my God. we had a, we, You and I even had so much fun like having to go through and pick the interviews because mm-hmm. we were listening to just others randomly. And we were just like, holy shit, there was just so much laughter. I mean, the interview 
that we had with Steve and Erica on, you know, we ain't shit was like hysterical, <laughs> right? Because we like spent like 99% of the entire conversation just laughing. Yeah. It was like, ridiculous. Just laughing. Yeah. It was like insane. Um, and those were fun. My, I mean, the interview with Janice and Wendy mm-hmm. was just one of literally one of my favorite moments of the show. Those two are so insightful. Wendy cracks me up. I think that she is just so fun. Um, and it was just such a good time. Well, and I love even just it was speaking of them. I love the piece of their relationship that is like, what are you doing this weekend? I don't know. I think I'm going to do this and this. What it's are so you good. doing? Like, I love the non-assumption. It's so good. And again, it's about like presenting different options in different ways that work and that i can i can honestly say that never occurred to me it's so hearing good. them say that i was like wow i was just fundamentally punched in the gut sure owen yeah. and maria were amazing Incredible. which was fun Incredible. amy was so insightful oh i love really cool. that yes with oh my gosh all the great hr insight oh yeah it's yeah just there have been so many wonderful things that looking back you're like Wow. And how could we forget about our very first interview? Oh, Steven. Steven. He was like incredible. Yeah. It was such a good time. So yeah. He was the number one rated show for a really long time. <laughs> he was. He definitely was. He was. I didn't know if you were being funny or not. No, I remember. It was like for... the first show. But... No, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, but he did. He stayed at number one for a really long time. Yeah. And I remember joking with him when I saw him about, you're still number one. He's like, oh, get my car, you know, okay. or keep well, the press off. I remember my brother called me after that first episode and he was like, wow, I never thought about being gay like in the 90s or in the 80s and how hard that could have been. That was so insightful. Mm. And it just gave him a whole new look about gay Mm -hmm. life. And I just thought that that was wonderful. Steven was amazing. So, so many good interviews. We thank everyone who participated in being a part of the show. And again, you know, Paul and Chase and... You know, Sean and Shayla and and everyone and Matthew and everyone, everyone who was a part of it was incredible. So thank you again. We can't wait to bring up the interviews for season two. It's going to be it's going to be so much fun. Well, with that being said, let's I mean, we were fortunate enough to be able to connect with so many amazing people via listener situations this year. I yeah. Mean, and there were some really tough questions. I mean, y'all got some problems. <laughs> some real problems but it was the human condition is a difficult one me but we really thank you guys for entrusting us to give some quote unquote guidance for that ass yeah because i stole your line seriously (laughs) um because it was fun so in addition to the fun listener situations i know you always enjoyed my intro songs to all of those is is always in quotes no <laughs> no really because because i think there's this one time you didn't hit the note and i'm pretty sure we threw that in there i'd be speaking the truth man mm-hmm. the truth the truth man six so. f's well we are going to cut to the best listener situations of the season and marco uh, sing-alongs and my sing-alongs so uh enjoy y'all And now it's time for our listener situations. That's right. Send your relationship questions or comments to relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your emails here on the show and do our best to give some guidance. So how about you get the fuck out? (laughs) Come on over. Come on over, baby. Come on over. Come on over, baby. 
I got a cute face, chubby waist, thick legs in shape, rump shaking both ways, make you do a double take. Wow. <laughs> Just wow. One taught me love. One taught me patience. One taught me pain. Now I'm so amazing. I've loved and I've lost, but that's not what I see. Look what I got. Look what you taught me. And for that, I say thank you. Next. No, you're not going to sing back up for me? Definitely not. Loser. <laughs> Loser. You hit me like a ray of sun burning through my darkest nights. I did not do that run well. <laughs> you're the <laughs> only one that I won't think I'm addicted to your light. Of course, they sang that song because that is our song. <laughs> so here's our first one. It says, um, hi, guys. I've been listening to your podcast for the last three months, and I find it fascinating. Oh, well, thank you. We are very fascinating. <laughs> I'm just grateful. <laughs> um, I'm a 31-year-old guy with a Latino background currently living in Australia. Oh. Greetings, Greetings from Down Under. Yeah. I mean... Lots of people have said where they're from, but some people didn't. So I don't know if this is our first international email or not. I think uh, this is our first email or not. One. But it's definitely the first one that has identified itself as international. So we're crossing borders, y'all. I like it. I have been dating guys for the last four years. Before that, I was in very long-term relationships with girls. Since then, I've been struggling with the way that gay guys manage relationships. I kind of feel like there is no commitment or faithfulness involved. I've had two partners over the last three years, and it has not been a pleasant experience, to be honest. The first one was dishonest with me as he was communicating with people he had hooked up with before while he was in a relationship with me. We had a conversation, and I said I wouldn't be in the relationship with him if he kept doing that. Things did not change, so I made the call and stopped the relationship, even though I still cared for him very much. Hmm. That must have been tough. After this, I felt very lonely and devastated, and I kind of regretted ending the relationship. Now, I feel it was the right decision because I know now that I will never be happy with him. Okay. After three months, I met a new person who, is currently, who I am currently in a relationship with. Um, he was a nice guy at the beginning, but I kind of sensed I could not trust him. He ended up cheating on me and being dishonest also. However, even though I'm not sure that I want to be with him, I am still living with him since we have money things and stuff going on regarding accommodation. I just feel very bad because I care about him. Uh, I am putting up with something that I don't want to. So there's a lot of anger and sadness that I'm holding up. Um, I've talked about this, uh, but he thinks I have to forgive him because he wants to preserve the relationship and thinks that I should give him the relationship uh, another go. He also lied to me about the person he was in the past. He mentioned sleeping with some people, but now after 18 months together, I found out he was a very promiscuous man, and that does not make me proud of being with him. His excuse for not telling the whole truth is basically he felt I would not be with him, and a lot of judgment will come his way. I just think I need a bit of guidance, because before listening to the podcast, I was thinking I am very judgmental, and I was wrong. I just want to find a gay relationship with the same values of a straight relationship. Again, guys, the podcast is amazing, and I really admire the relationship that you have, um, and the great job uh, provided to the gay community. Sincerely, 
did he say we could say his name? I would just say his first name. So Alan. Awesome. Right? Do you mind if I take this to like start with? Well, since you have more similar experience to what he has than I, yes, please go right ahead. Sure. I mean, I think that, um, Alan, you're right. The gay community does not respect relationships the way that a traditional heterosexual relationship does, right? And that's kind of... It's kind of why we're doing this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Is because we kind of want it to be another voice for that entire situation, right? We wanted to be able to say, hey, like, guess what? There are some gays out here that actually do value a monogamous relationship, a commitment, and things like that to one another. So I think it's really important. Um, there's an amazing episode that we created, and it was called One Plus One. And I think that um, the whole concept behind that episode was basically like being one whole person. So then that way, when you're with another whole person, like that will make the relationship. I'm a little concerned that I don't feel like you have completely understood who you are within gay culture yet. And you're jumping into relationships because you think you're supposed to. My advice would be to take a break. Now, I know this current relationship that you're in, it sounds like you guys are living together and that's where the problem is coming in because you don't trust him and then you have some issues with his past, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But the problem really lies in the fact that you guys are living together and it's really, really difficult to break up. I always say that here in New York City. I don't know why couples would start living with one another because trying to find an apartment in New York City is a bitch. <laughs> and if you are like in a relationship and you break up with one another, it's a problem. So I don't know what it's like in Australia, but I can only imagine that it's not as simple as, oh, okay, let's break up and I'm moving into a new apartment. So I get that. But I would challenge you to do that. I would say that you really need to figure that out. I don't know what's going on with your job or with your living situation or with your ability to um, be on your own or by yourself by means of like your living situation. But whatever it is that you need to do to make that happen, I suggest you, you figure it out. I think you really need this time away from this person so that you can really understand what it is that you want and need out of this relationship um, or any relationship going forward before you do that. Now I will say that I do find you to be a teeny bit judgmental. Um, You are new to the gay game. And so I can understand how your uh, experience is a little bit, I don't know, less than, than your partner, your current partner. Um, but anything that has happened in the past does not matter for the present, right? Like that kind of stuff, like who they've slept with and how many people they've slept with is not really your responsibility to police. That is not something good. Now, I will say if you have really strong feelings about it, then you probably should not be with him because he can't go about living his life knowing that you secretly hate him because he has slept with multiple people. Um, That's not nice. It's not very kind and it's not a good feeling. But I will say that you are going to be very hard pressed to find another gay person that um, doesn't have a similar background. It is going to be very challenging. Now, if you find somebody that is new to being gay like you, you may have the ability to find that situation. But that within itself is 
a whole other struggle, right? Like that's a whole other challenge that you're going to have to have. So I would, to wrap it up in a bow on my end, I would say, I think you should take a break from this guy. And I think that you should find a way to move out and move on and try to figure out and be alone and be by yourself and figure out who you are within the community and what you value. Um, get yourself involved in some activities and, and, and like special interest type stuff that really makes you happy and makes you feel full. Um, because hopefully, fingers crossed, you'll find somebody within that scenario that will um, that you may be able to have a relationship with. But don't do that for a while until you're able to like put yourself together, feel good about who you are and what it is that you're looking for. And then once that happens, you'll, you'll be in a good position. Um, I, again, do feel like you're being very judgmental towards your partner right now. And that's not very kind. Um, especially if you claim that you love this person, um, loving them means that you love all of them. And so you have to be able to accept even those not very good things that you don't really enjoy about them. Um, and you have to find a way to do that. So if you're incapable of doing that, um, which again is completely understandable and completely fine. And I'm not saying that you should change the way you feel about the situation. Um, but I will say that the person that you're supposed to be with, you would not care about that stuff. Like if you loved somebody so much and cared about them so much, you would just be okay with that. It would be something that you wouldn't have to even think twice about. It wouldn't be something that you would have to write a letter to a, a couple of queers in New York City that have a podcast. You, you, you wouldn't be asking their opinion about that situation because you would say, you know what? I do tend to be judgmental and I do tend to have an opinion about stuff like that. And I know that you are totally on the opposite end of what it is that I've set forth and what I envisioned for myself. But for whatever reason, I fucking love you. <laughs> and, and I can get, and I can get past that. Um, you would have been, but it doesn't sound like you're able to do that. So if you're not able to do that, then I think you have your answer. Okay. Um, for me, you know, I think you have a lot of opportunities to look at some things and I'm not going to say whether you should or shouldn't live with this person. I, the only thing I will say is it sounds like there's a growing pattern of dishonesty, uh, that the people you're with, um, are portraying and you deserve honesty. And if you were to make a decision in either direction, honesty would have to be a requirement, um, in, in my opinion, um, cause you deserve that and you're not getting it. And it seems like that's the problem. What I will say is, um, that you, um, you have a, a chance to look inward at what is motivating you for these things, right? So you have, um, someone who was dishonest and you broke it off that that's good. You, you got cheated on, you drew a line in the sand. You said, this is not for me. You may have another opportunity with this relationship, which if I'm understanding the timeline that you've presented correctly, three months after one relationship, you got into another one and 18 months into that relationship, you're so intermeshed with each other that you have no choice, but to continue to live together after you've broken up. And again, regardless of what you decide to do with the relationship, I might take a look at why only three months went by. 
Um, and maybe because you, uh, it seems like have come out a little bit later. Um, maybe that's part of the reason. Um, but then also why after however long together, like looking at the timeline of the enmeshment of those critical things, like your finances, you know, how much time passed before you let those things get to that level. Um, and I'm not saying like, you know, boo on you or anything like that. Like, but, but what did you do um, that you could do differently in the future to protect yourself a little better? And, and I'm not saying that you should be worried about the other shoe dropping or building up a shield or protecting uh, yourself at the uh, detriment of you know actually being open to love. But there are things that you can do to, to enjoy a healthy, loving relationship with someone that doesn't involve um, getting that wrapped up where you don't have a choice if things don't go well. Um, and again, there's not a ton of detail, but it seems like things are wrapped up together enough to where you can't move because maybe you all both signed the lease and neither one of you can afford it um, alone or maybe something else. You know, Maybe you bought something. I, I'm not sure. Um, but I would just say take a look at that and let that be a lesson for you as well um, so that you know the next time um, to not let that happen to you. Um, you know, I agree with Marco. Uh, a break might not be a bad idea. And again, I'm not saying that you should end this relationship with this person, but I think that the value there uh, is very strong, uh, the, the taking the time to be with just yourself. Um, whether that is while you're with this person and you're just really trying to focus on yourself or whether you're just saying, I'm not going to date for a while, um, you know, that's often what is recommended is to just take some time, go slow. I have some friends who do some really interesting things, um, which I'm normally not a big fan of arbitrary date setting. Uh, you know, I'll have kids by 35 or whatever, anything like that. But I do think that in certain circumstances like yours, having an arbitrary date setting might be a good thing. Like, okay, if I'm going to date someone, I'm not going to have sex with them for at least however many days, weeks, months, whatever you decide. And no matter what happens, that's the rule. Because if you're upfront about that rule, a person who actually likes you for you and who wants you, um, as opposed to some image of you or another notch in their belt or whatever, they're going to be like, all right, I'll wait. Um, you know, look at this lesson of this enmeshment financially that's going on and maybe just say, no matter how good it is, I will not move in with someone uh, for at least a year. And if I think I'm going to want to move in with them, I will have enough money set aside to move out if things don't work. Like you protect yourself. You go in, but you go in with your eyes open. Mm -hmm. um, so your eyes and your heart can both be open. Uh, it doesn't have to just be one. Um, I would say reach out like you've done here. Reach out to your community, reach out to your friends, reach out to the, the support network that you have. Um, and if you don't have one, um, really look at making that. You didn't say where you live in Australia, but uh, from what I know, there are some places where being gay is really, really difficult in Australia. And there are some places where it's a little bit more supported. So I'm not sure which one you're in. Um, but I would say look at growing your natural support network. And it doesn't have to be gay people, um, but just look at growing your natural support network so that you can talk to talk to people as opposed to just getting a one-sided response. You know, this is sort of two monologues passing in the night. Um, and I think being able to look at someone who cares about you and speak to them and have them speak back to you and you react to that, you know, just having an actual dialogue, I think would be really helpful. Um, do not give up. Um, there, no. there are, there, gay culture has not been supported in its own history to be healthy. 
and to have monogamy and to feel worthy of having that. And that's often what it actually comes down to is a feeling of worthiness um, for a lot of people, especially a lot of gay men. Um, So knowing that you are fighting an uphill battle, but know that there is a top of the hill and that there are plenty of people up there. Mm -hmm. Um, There are people who've never struggled with their sense of values and what they wanted. Um, You know, there are people who it's taken some time to figure out what they want. But there's lots of people who think like you, who you will be attracted to, who will be attracted to you, and who will respect you and not uh, be deceitful uh, to you. So that would be my suggestion is hang in there. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing and for listening to the show. That was that was a, a wonderful, um, touching email to receive. It was. It was great. I'm glad that we are reaching people. Yeah. It's really exciting. It's the whole point, right? Absolutely. All right. Our next one. Hi, guys. I'd like to stay anonymous if that's okay. Sure. Nope, I don't like you. Yeah, and we're done reading the email. Yeah. Um, my boyfriend and I have been uh, listening to your show, show religiously since we discovered it. I love the non-judgmental way you give advice, and I really love it when Marco gets sassy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, too. I love that my sass has a following. Yeah. That's its own Twitter account. Uh, I'm hoping for some of that here. Oh, he wants some of your sassiness. Don't worry. He'll dish it out. Uh, (laughs) I only came out to my family a couple of years ago. My current boyfriend is the second guy I have brought around my family. They say they like him, but sometimes during dinner or when we are watching TV together, they they say some less than gay-friendly things. Nothing that is an outright attack, but definitely bordering on microaggression. Any thoughts on what we can do? Okay. So, um, it doesn't matter when you came out. Um, you know, your family still has to respect you and your boyfriend. They may need some time to adjust to the idea of you being gay, and they may need some time to understand how they have to adjust their behavior in response to your being gay. And that's fine. You can give them that space. Um, but you're giving them that space. There is no, and I mean no excuse for homophobia, microaggressions, uh, you need to stick up for your man, he needs to stick up for you, it doesn't matter who it is. Um, again, I believe that when you come out, you are dropping a bomb on your family, uh, and I think it's only natural for them to need some time. I think it's great when they don't, don't get me wrong, but I think it's only natural that they need some time, but this isn't that. This is um, intolerance. This is homophobia. This is something you shouldn't have to put up with. This is not a part of everyone sort of coming to understand uh, what's going on. There's there's no reason for you not to have respect. Um, yeah, I mean, I just... It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know there are some people in my family who... Um, maybe have some older world views, um, but they either outright treat my husband with respect and really like him, um, or they don't say anything. Now, I'm not an idiot. There have been several occasions where I've heard something get stifled in the middle of being said that I know was either going to be racist or homophobic. Um, and like, it's good that it stopped mid-sentence. That's, you know, I, I'm not... You do what you do when I'm not around, but when I'm around, you will be respectful. Um, And that's just the truth of it. So 
I mean, and, and if something was said around you, I would definitely stick up for you. And I think that applies here, too. I appreciate that and just and and I love that and I know that about you but let the record reflect if something was said about me I'm going to have to stick up for myself Here comes not, the sass. You're not getting ready to say anything <laughs> about me to my face um and think that you're just going to get away with it and say whatever it is that you want to say. So my thing is uh I would stop them dead in, I don't like microaggressions. I think that they're bullshit. Mm. So if you decide that you want to say something under your breath or say a sarcastic or cutting little scenario in which I have to like question whether or not you actually said it or anything like that I'm just going to call you out on the situation and figure out what the fuck it was that you were actually trying to get across so if you have something to say to me you're going to say it to me we're both adults in this situation so if you don't like him or you don't enjoy our situation or you are homophobic or you have an issue with the situation just fucking say it just say it so then I know how to deal with the situation but don't be two-faced like don't say one thing to me and then make me feel a certain way about the situation but in all actuality you actually feel a completely different way about it i don't do well with that that is Mm -hmm. not something that like that works well with me and i don't come from a family that does very well with that so i would stop them dead in their tracks and say i'm sorry please help me understand a little bit more about what it is that you were trying to say because it sounded like you were trying to say X, Y, and Z and I would have a very hard time understanding how that is true especially since me and my boyfriend are here in this moment and you uh, invited us over for the situation. If you don't want us to be here, we will make ourselves not present and I would just leave it at that situation. Again, I've said this before, but Dan Savage has always said that when you get in your adult life as a gay lesbian transgender human being you have the ability to only hold one thing over your parents head and that is your lack of presence that is the only thing that you have and if they are not able to fit in or uh respect or understand who you are at this um fork in the road or juncture whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you're at right now in your life then they don't get to have you around the way that they would normally so they need to know and learn how to uh respect you a little bit more so i would just say uh hit it head on like literally go to them and ask them what it is exactly that they i mean and maybe you don't need to cause a scene i'm more of a scene causer um (laughs) but you know maybe you don't need to uh cause a big scene or anything like that but take your mom and your dad to the side and say like hey i've got to be honest with you i kind of feel like you guys are being a little uh, uh i don't know snippy or um i don't know rude to my boyfriend whenever we're around that there's these like teeny tiny little bits of uh aggression that you're passing along uh it reads as homophobia to me am i being delusional or uh is this something that you guys want to bring to my attention so i know how to move forward within the situation and say and let them know like it's fine if you guys feel that way like i can understand that this may be how you guys feel about the situation but i need you to understand that if that is the way that you're going to feel i'm not going to subject my boyfriend to that like i'm not going to do that to him because that's not fair it's not fair to him it's not respectful to me and we don't have to be a part of that i can hang out with people who don't do that to me (laughs) so like yeah so you need to uh let me know what's going on and and i will not make you uncomfortable going forward and that will just be the way that we move about our lives 
and that'll be it. And I'll see you at weddings and funerals. And that'll be about it. And I, um, you know, I got the sense that there's multiple players at these dinners, that it's not just one or two. And if that's the case, then you also have the option of, well, I can't come over to the dinner where the people make the homophobic comments because I'd rather spend time with my boyfriend. Um, But I tell you what, I'll throw a dinner party next week, but I'm only inviting the non-homophobic family members. Sure. And you can still be connected to your family. And you're not doing that to be a jerk. You love your family and you want to be around them. You just don't want to be around the ones that are saying nasty things. And either that will be what you do going forward is have two separate family dinners on two separate nights, um, or the other people will kind of, you know... Get the hint? Well, they'll get... um, They'll be treated for their rectal cranial inversion and they will be okay. (laughs) And that will be that. So, I think the advice for this week is a bit harsher than we normally do. Well, at least than I normally do. (laughs) But I'm sticking to it. That's what we said. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think we said anything wrong. I think we made it what it's supposed to be, right? Cheers. Cheers to that. You know, the part that has always been tough about the listener situations, for me anyways, is that you feel like you are in control of a person's life for like six minutes. There is an awesome responsibility for sure. It's crazy. And I, um, I again, just cannot thank our listeners enough for entrusting us on, uh, you know, giving them some guidance. Um, but even with all of that, it's just so interesting to like see that people have things that they're going through and need need a little bit of direction. I think it's so wonderful that people would entrust us with that level of vulnerability. For sure. Um, I think it's I think it's emotionally healthy and I think it is an incredible um, tipping of the hat that I just really appreciate. Um, we love all of you. Um, and we will respond to all of your emails, as we've said consistently, even if it's not on the air. Um, and that was just a few uh, of the ones that we picked, but there have been so many more that were so powerful. Um, and, and I reflect on them, and I just am so moved by all of it. For sure. Thank you guys again for, thank you all again, I should say, for just, uh, I don't know, being so amazing and being our our relationship heads oh i don't know situationists no i think relationship heads should be the name of our crew you know rihanna has the army beyonce has the beehive mariah has the lambs i think you guys could be our relationship mariah has the lambs they're called the lambs we'll talk about it later uh, off air um anyways so you guys this is the end of the, the end episode of one. it's the end of season one congratulations pat yourselves on the back and the butt um because you guys are the reason or the front or whatever you got to do um but you guys are the reason why this is uh i don't know here tony and i definitely saw a need in the community and we wanted to give a little bit more of a light to it Um, So thank you all so much for being you and for being a part of that message. Um, We will be back with season two very soon. Like I said, just give us some time. We'll figure out a date and we'll come up with some content. If you guys want to be a part of the conversation or the community, please let us know. Reach out to us. You know, you can email us at podrelationship at gmail.com. Um, you can definitely do that. And it, I'm sorry, that's relationship not questions relationship at gmail.com. 
We are at Pod Relationship on Instagram, <laughs> Twitter. You would and think Facebook. after a season he would know our email I address. There's just so much relationship um, <laughs> and so many places to go with it. So yeah, relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Please email us if you guys have questions or need anything from us. Um, and if you want to be a part of the discussion, you can let us know or you can touch base with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's at, Odd Pod Relationship. Pod Relationship. <laughs> um, and let us know. Again, tag us on some amazing couples, you know, pictures and all that good stuff. And we will definitely reach out to them if you want to be a part of that. And again, if you want to be on the podcast and you got something really cool to share with us, let us know because we want to talk to each and every one of you guys. And I, again, just want to say thank you all for the incredible response um to watch the numbers grow to hear from you more and more to hear people say yes to the interview and to the different ideas that we've had it has just been incredibly humbling and um and i'm so glad um that uh, that people who want and need this are getting it or shizzle so for one last time i'm gonna tell you that that's gonna do it for this week's episode Mm -hmm. and we're gonna leave you with some of my favorite outros (laughs) we love you all and we'll definitely talk to you all soon talk to you soon and remember don't nobody want to buy tickets to your shit show remember stay calm and don't shit your pants And remember, if you don't treat your partner like they're the only girl in the world, you're nuttier than squirrel shit. And remember, don't shit a brick. And remember to celebrate the milestones, like your anniversary, because that shit's important. Hey folks, it's your favorite host, Tony. And Marco. We need to ask a favor. Please stop what you're doing this very moment and head to your favorite podcast directory and rate and review relationship. We know, we know. It's a big ask, but we need your help in getting the word out about the podcast and your reviews are the best ways to make that happen. So if you have two minutes, please go and give us a five star rating. Then write a review and tell everyone about how much you love our voices. Or how are your favorite hosts. Or that this really important conversation is helping you along the way. Just a few ideas, you know, in case you get writer's block. (laughs) Anyways, we appreciate your help and thank you for the support. Your participation will only make relationship better. We're going to get back to the show now, but we love all of you. Thanks. Thanks.